Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we have Chuck. What's going on? We got Jared. What's up? And we got Jake. Yo. And today we're going to talk about uh, this idea of the church versus the church. And in what that means is uh, what people think the church is or what people claim to be the church versus the capital C church, like people who are actually following Jesus, um, that type of thing. But I wanted to talk about that. And something specifically right now is it's wild that we all claim um, to be the church, right? There's a lot of people who claim to be part of the church, part of the Christian church. Yet we can't agree on a lot of things. And where do you guys think that stems from? Or what do you guys think about just uh, that whole um, subject in general? And you could pick uh, specifics if you want, certain points, whatnot. But what do you guys think about that? Go ahead, Jerry. Bring us in. Uh, I would say it's just culture. Our culture continues to shape and change and evolve. So I think there's going to continue to be tons of topics um, as time goes on that we're just not going to agree about. Obviously, like how COVID has changed, how church are happening, everything. Everybody has something to say about how um, church leadership tackles COVID, whether you're having services inside, outside, not at all. So I think there's always going to be an issue there. But I don't know. I think how we even talked with Richard, you know, a while back, um, it's a lot of it stylistic, mm-hmm. a lot of it stylistic. So there's things that are really big deals like theology and you know, there's certain things that people can kind of differ with, but there's different churches for everything, different denominations, mm-hmm. whether you want to be Presbyterian, mm-hmm. Assemblies of God, whatever. I think there's almost a church for any flavor, however you want to spin it. Yeah, I That'd hear that. Flavor. And I think I think one thing that I notice is as Christians um, from all different sects or all different uh, places, I said that before and it was like, yeah. whoa, sex. I mean... S-E-C-T-S. I just need to cut that word out of my vocabulary. Um, I think in my head, we all are following God, right? We're all following Jesus. But I think we use that for, I guess, ammunition. And I see where people use it as like, well, I'm right because this is what God's telling me. This is what God's showing me. Mm. And I, I see everybody kind of do that, you know? And I, I, I personally think the gospel and who Jesus is is lost when we're just using it as ammunition to prove somebody wrong. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why you do didn't you sound very sure about that. <laughs> no, I do. You're like, well, because I was like trying to process, I was really what you just said in my head but uh yeah i think that that is where the problem lies is the unchecked god told me this Mm. and that and i think in my opinion the problem is is it could be teaching that could be one thing where let's just be honest a majority not all Mm -hmm. but a majority of people uh believe what their church believes right yeah i believe what my pastor believes and that's that's where i'm at Mm -hmm. um and then a lot of things go unchecked and I think what it needs to come back to is it needs to go biblical. And I think, uh, I think pastor Jim does a great job at this. It's like, I will talk about any point with you, any issue, but you must bring the Bible to me. And if you don't bring the Bible to me in it, oh, we're not going to have the conversation. I think that's very important. And it sounds like uh, brutal and harsh because you kind of negate feelings f- for some people. But if there's no foundation, then there's, there's no truth. There's nothing. And then everyone's everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. But to your point is, 
to try to weaponize the gospel mm-hmm. for your own opinion, uh, that's not cool, and that is not anywhere reflect like reflective of who Jesus was and what he did. Yeah, he never weaponized God to say, mm-hmm. you know, like it, that was just never the thing. It was always a grace approach, um, and I'm sure he had his opinions, but I'm also sure those opinions were actually from God and like <laughs> biblical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, sometimes when it comes to like the church and almost when it comes to like picking sides, I guess it was, or like leaning one way towards the other, I think a lot of, a lot of it has to do with the way we were raised and mm-hmm. this might be a part of it, might not, but I think a lot of times, and for me specifically, like I wasn't raised in the church and go to the church until 2011. And so I coming into the church, I never had like this is my foundation. And so it was kind of refreshing to be able to take that and run with it myself. But being in the church for eight years now, nine years now, it's like seeing other people and the way they were raised and seeing their beliefs. It's like, you believe this because your parents told you this, or you believe this because your Sunday school teacher told you this when you were five and you've hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And whether that's true or whether that's not true, I think sometimes people, we can get so caught up in what we've been taught and this is the way it has to be and not be open-minded to the idea of, oh, maybe that's not true. Maybe that's maybe that doesn't line up with exactly what Jesus' gospel is really all about, but we right. have it so ingrained into our mind that this is the way th- certain things need to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I get that. So I guess where's that line of... Because you come to a point, right, where I guess you would say, say um, two different Christians, whatever, have a disagreeing point, and one mm-hmm. of them is just like speaking falsely. And when is the point where you're like, boom, interject with, I guess... Um, harsh truth. I don't know what you want yeah. to call it. That, and then what's the point where it's like, well, we need to forgive and need to be okay with that? Because there's some people who are truth hunters. Yeah, I'm not necessarily one of them. When in regards to, like, and when I say truth hunter, I mean somebody who listens to a message and say they said Matthew six instead of Mark <laughs> six, and they're like, that's not in Matthew six. Like that's in Mark six. You know, <laughs> I'm not that person. There are plenty of people in the world like that, and. I don't know. It yeah. just, that doesn't sit right with me. And I think when you say that, a lot of people come from it where it's like, I've, it's always been this yeah. way. I've been taught this and this is what it needs to be. And somebody comes with an opposing um, ca- oh. a counterpoint, you know? Yeah. And it's like, eyes go red and it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? That's not what this Bible yeah. says, you know? And th- there was something, it, it's read in Titus chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. I'll read it real quick. It says, Do not in- get involved in foolish discussion about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about obedience of the Jewish law. The These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing division among you, give a first and a second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from truth and their sin mm. uh, sins condemn them. And I, I, when I read that, I was like, dang, a third time and I'm, I'm out. <laughs> but <laughs> when I when I started reading that and I started looking up a few commentaries on it, um, there was something that I I read that it was super just profound to me. And it's so simple. It's like the Jewish rabbis spent their time building up imaginary genealogies for the characters of the Old Testament. And they've held on to those rather than actually listening to, say, when Jesus came and listen to what Jesus had to say about mm. it. Because it's a lot easier for us as... I can even say the quote unquote Christians, the church goers to hold on to what we believe in rather than learn something new and maybe learn something that's actually true. 
And when I read that, I was like, it's so true. Because even though I wasn't raised in the church, I've seen that in the past nine years where I started holding on to certain things that I thought were true. And I was like, maybe that's not true. Mm-hmm. And it, But it stings a little bit. like Because uh-huh. as humans, I feel like we want to be right. And so when someone else has a different theology or someone else has different standpoints, it's like, no, nah, that's not right. Yeah. But, and again, it goes back to being, it's easier to judge somebody. It's easier to have your own side rather than to learn maybe something new or to love somebody new. Mm-hmm. And it just like, it, that one hit me. Like, man, I'm convicting myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a time and place. Definitely. I like that verse. That verse is, mm-hmm. it's savage is a good one, but I feel like there's a, a time and place for everything. Like, yeah, I, it's almost like we should not argue about semantics, which we shouldn't. But I think, like I said, time and place. I think there's a a time to make sure that we're discussing, you know, things that are important, like loving one another, grace, forgiveness. Yeah. But it's cool. I mean, I would say amongst people who maybe a little more spiritually mature or like to talk theology, if you want to talk about stuff like, you know, predestination, free yeah. will, stuff like that, it's interesting to speak about. Yeah. But I think the point that we draw the line is like if they're being a heretic, like if you're straight up preaching something that is not gospel, it's not truth, that's where I think it's time we call them out mm-hmm. and not like something small like, oh, you know, I, I really feel, you know, in my spirit that we should have fog on the stage. It's like, no, that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> like there are, there are some people, like everybody knows them, where <laughs> stuff like that is a really big deal to them. It's like, well, I don't feel like we should do that. Yeah. It's like, then don't go to church here. Go somewhere else that doesn't have fog if it makes you feel better or feel less distracted. Mm-hmm. Stylistic, cultural, don't need mm-hmm. to do that. If you like it and you like the whole, you know, Jesus rock band style, then cool, good for you, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just kind of pointless where we waste our time talking about this stuff. We should be talking about stuff that kind of matters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's 2020. We have nothing better to do than discuss little things rather than being the church. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I think what's important even to look at right there is imagine right now where there's a lot of major things going on. And if we can't get it on the small scale, dude, on the large scale, Mm. we're not going to get it. Elaborate on that a little bit. Like if we can agree on the tiny things, if a minute example, like you said, fog, and we get upset over that type of stuff, when things happen... Um, yeah. like huge things coming up. There's an election coming up. There's a lot of racial tension. There's a pandemic. And there, so, and you have all these differing viewpoints, right? And Christians from all different uh, ways having different viewpoints. And some people say this, some people say that. And we all follow the same God. And I think that's something that I've just been wrestling with um, in my life in general, you know, because I do believe we serve that same God. But why is it that so much of our lives just differ. And I understand that God created us all differently. We all have different passions and different purposes, and that's totally cool. But uh, when it's like completely opposite of, of one another, you know, of a stance, that's something that doesn't make sense in my head, you know, because I think in, in my head, I like to just, I like to hear everybody out for one. And two, I want to love people first above all else. And so it's just weird when I see such opposing viewpoints unwilling to i guess meet somewhere that's not exactly at home base yeah and that's what's weird to me i see those things and i think man this is very it's just not me in general but it's it's weird i don't know how to say it i don't know how to fully communicate it yeah but it's just weird for me to see right you're lucky 
because like like knowing who you are and understanding your heart and just who you are as a follower of Jesus, it's like you have that grace factor in your life where it's like that to me isn't that big of a deal. And mm-hmm. you in those moments, this isn't just a, a moment about Dylan, but in like in those moments and I say this because if everybody thought like the way you were, like 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 those things don't really matter. Like the fog or no fog, the do we have lights, do we not have lights type of things. Like they're so minute things that mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter, but yet we get so caught up as churchgoers, again, going from the church versus the church. Or mm-hmm. it's, it's such a thing to, it's such a hard thing for a lot of people to wrap their mind around. How, how am I trying to say this right now? It's like, like you said, if we all could just like think in a way where it's like, those things don't matter. Let's focus on the big picture. Those other things are like more so for those that don't believe in Jesus, like to come in and they see these things and they're attracted to it in a way. But then you can also have someone come in and say, well, the gospel is what's attractive. Like you don't need to have these flashing lights and stuff. But if that's what's going to get a new believer in, mm-hmm. then that's what's going to get them in. But just those ideas of like focusing on that and making that the bigger issue when really in, re- in like all reality, that's not the bigger issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's look at what bothered Jesus? It was when he turned the tables over, right? That's mm. a perfect example. Why did mm. he do that? Because what they were doing was selling sacrifices in the temple and they were marking up the prices like Disneyland. Yeah. So pe- <laughs> average people couldn't get like a sacrifice, therefore couldn't make a sacrifice to God. So what they were doing was putting a barrier between the people and God. Yeah, That bothered him. Paul in uh, Galatians did the same thing to Peter. He rebuked Peter mm-hmm, publicly. Mm-hmm. And why? Because he was saying that, the, you know, the Gentiles, they need to be circumcised. They need to do this. Mm-hmm. Putting a wall in between people and God. Yeah. If you find out what really bothers God and what bothers Jesus is things that get in the way of them coming to know him. So I think that's a good starting point for us to think about of like, okay, well, what matters is, does this get in the way of somebody coming to know Jesus? Yeah. Is this going to be a barrier? Is this going to be an obstacle? If so, it needs to go. It needs to be gone. If not, I mean, how much attention do we really need to do? Like, you can still love people into faith. You can still love people into knowing who Jesus is. And I just think it's important to really weigh out. And I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but, like, it is important to prioritize issues, you know? Right. Like, that is important. I think we're talking about sin in that respect. But as far as issues go, yeah, there are different levels of issues. And most of them don't matter at all exactly. because if you're talking to somebody on their hospital bed no one cares about fog machines Mm-mm. you know what i mean exactly it's like what what matters is it on the scale of eternity where is this where's fog machine on the scale of eternity mm-hmm. nowhere okay then i don't want to talk about it yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean no exactly but it's cool to have why not mm-hmm. but why, why not? not if you don't want it okay mm-hmm. <laughs> then don't have it yeah you know? and i guess on the scale of things right because i'm somebody and i think probably maybe jerry's a little more like me in that regard jake's not like me in this regard but chuck's maybe somewhere in the middle where i what you said is was beautiful it's like get rid of the barriers between somebody and god you know i will get rid of some barriers within my own life to step more into somebody else's world Mm -hmm. and see what they see in hopes that i could one build a relationship but um to lead them to who jesus is you know Mm -hmm. and i'm totally super willing to do that and not to contradict anything biblical but it's like some things that i may stand firm in maybe on a social issue it's like i'll walk into somebody else's 
world, especially like a pandemic, you know, I'll walk into your world. It doesn't hurt me to wear a mask. You know what I mean? That yeah. type of stuff where uh, I know other other parties, it's like, oh, why are we doing this? And like, to right. get that too. Same thing. I'm not bash. I, I, I hear it from both sides, you know, but I'm willing to do that. But I think on that scale then, like where, um, like how important is that in our lives? Because I think it, as a Christian, we should be uh, that person to everybody, you know? Yeah. To a Jew, you're a Jew. To a Gentile, you're a Gentile. Right. Come to on, Greek, Paul. you're a Greek, you know? Yeah. And so I, I find right now that we've completely lost sight of that, in my opinion, as a church, because um, as the church, capital C church, you know, because you have people where it's, you see a group of people and you're like, oh, you know what? Like they hate masks and they want to open everything up and that's easy. It's like, I just, you could see somebody's, a group of people and you're like, oh, that's exactly what they believe. And on the other end, you see another group of people are like, oh, they want masks forever and they want to stay locked up. And it's just, it's so easy to see what people's, where people's thoughts are going, you know, that it's just frustrating in general. I don't know. Like it, it just bothers me. It's like, why can't we step into each other's worlds, you know, Mm -hmm. especially as the church, we're the church, we're to be unified. So it's like, we're not going to see it in the world. And so how come it can't be happening in the capital C church? I don't know. I think, I mean, if you take a look at church makeup, depending on where you live, where you're from, everything like that, the church is still generally older folks. That's just what it is. You know, my mom and dad are in their 50s, early 50s. A lot of churchgoers. I mean, even I would say new beginnings. We have more young people. Um, and you know, Av obviously everyone's young, which is it's cool because hey, you know, every, we're all kind of there, we're all we're all kind of figured out. Hey, what's up? Couple finger guns. Hey. Yeah. Well, maybe that's just me. Maybe because I'm a little bit older than some of the other people have. But you are old. The church in general, I would say, is a little bit older as far as age group. So mm-hmm. people who are a little bit older are more stuck in their ways. They're more mm-hmm. grounded. So there's going to be, especially I would say amongst older generation, they're just going to stick firm to what they know or how they are because mm-hmm. they don't have to change. And their minds are like, I'm stubborn. I'm just going to stay that way. Mm-hmm. So they're, I would say they're a little bit less likely to try to walk in somebody else's shoes. Mm-hmm. Younger people usually are like, oh, you know, we don't have as strong, um, I don't want to say convictions is, is the right word, but it's easier. It's easier to go, oh, well, you know, I might be able to see things from that perspective because mm-hmm. I do have a friend that does this. And like in my own walk of life, I ha- I'm in my profession but I also have friends who are my age. We're, I have friends at completely different walks of life, and we're all around the same age. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to kind of talk to them and see where they stand on issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's just easier for us to kind of go, oh, well, you know, I want to open things back up, but I kind of get where you're coming from mm-hmm. and, and talk to different people. But, yeah, I would say people who are a little bit more advanced in their age are like, yeah, let's open up everything. And some are, like, deathly afraid, which... Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about masks. Mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to is is the church being safe and it comes down to the congregation. What does the church leadership want to do? Mm-hmm. Is it something to leave a church for? No. I'm sure there's people that will, but that it just come, kind of comes down to, it's like what's best as a whole. Mm-hmm. But it's not non-biblical or going against the theology of the church because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, we're choosing not to wear masks. Mm-hmm. Do you have something? Yeah. Go ahead. Can I ask him to that? Yeah, let's talk about that. Was that was pretty early. Yeah. I think two things. First thing I think of is what you're talking about is more of like on a social level. And I think what that honestly boils down to to me is like a form of idolatry in the sense that 
people are going to do what their party tells them to do and says that is good, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to because my Donald Trump is going to save me and Joe Biden is going to save them. Mm. And it's like so much weight onto their voice, they're this, they're this. And mm-hmm. that if you were to go against that, you're going against my God, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen to me. Yeah, That's one thing. The second thing is isolation. And I think that these issues are so prevalent when we're on our phones by ourselves mm-hmm. that we can still be surrounded by everybody's issues and opinions mm-hmm. with zero conversation about it. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous thing because I think we need to be able to. And honestly, I think what we'll find is most people are down and willing to have conversations. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, people are civil, you know? Yeah. You see the chaos in your, you know, on your social media, but for the most part, in the context of your own relationships and disagreements, mm-hmm. things are civil mm-hmm. and you can have those conversations, but we, we don't do that often enough. Yes. And I think there's just that too, too, uh, especially right now, election year, it's like everything yeah. is you know, heightened and elevated and everything's ready to explode uh, at a given second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's that, but I'll, to kind of just preface that by saying, I do believe that the church and the Christian should be aware of what's going on politically. I think that they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and it should be a, from a biblical view, not a party view. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, that's what I'm trying to say is we want to be the hope of the world, right? We are the hope of the world. We've got Jesus Christ. And I think when our our feeds, like you said, which a feed is basically, even though it's on a phone, it's like in your life. You know, yeah. we all have a feed that we need to be the hope of the world. So when people are just disagreeable and they just see that only, it's like we should be able to come to the church, the church and be like, oh, this is a place of rest. This is a place of unity. This is a place of like following after Christ Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly. And I think that's just ultimately what my point is. It's like, you said it perfectly. We don't do those things enough to where we have those conversations. And I've said that for a while now. It's like, we need to have those conversations and be those people who lead uh, like Christ and go places that you may not necessarily want to go and love somebody you may not necessarily want to love, you know? And I think in order to, to change the world and to bring people together, we have to be those on the forefront, you know, and either side that you're coming with, you're going to have an opposing side who are going to hate on you. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's just funny, but just stay true. We just have to stay true to loving one another and ultimately following after Christ and being the capital C church, you know? It's just worth noting that, like, Jesus said it, like, I'm not even welcome in my own town, mm-hmm. you know? I, I don't have anywhere to lay my head, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, these Christians that, like, I need everyone to like me, and you're like, dude, mm-hmm. that's not, in, that's not, not going to happen. happen. It cannot yeah. happen. You can't stand for truth, you can't stand for issues, and have everyone like you, mm-hmm. you know? And that's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to not be liked. As long as Jared likes me, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what you were saying before this. <laughs> I know. We, we played that back a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Just add something on Jake said earlier. It's kind of sad. Add something that. It's, it's sad that disagreeing with somebody's, it, I mean, right now, political affiliation is disagreeing with who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. It's so tied to their identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, hard. It's lame. Especially when our identity should be in Christ the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it just makes things a lot more difficult in this day and age. Mm-hmm. But one thing I can say is if this personal experience, if you hop off social media and you're off for more than like a day, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. your life is usually a little bit more peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's, 
it's actually been pretty nice. Yeah, it's, absolutely. We've talked about that plenty. Mm-hmm. And it's just hilarious to me that when did it become controversial? Look, this statement that I'm about to say is like the most controversial thing that you'll probably ever hear in your life. Go. I love you still if you vote for Donald Trump or if you vote for Joe Biden. How dare you? Oh, my God. What a crazy freaking statement to make. I'm a little bit upset. <laughs> <laughs> and I have something I could say, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mm. It's like... Oh my gosh, if you say that in a public setting, yeah. you're going to get terrorized, you know? And it's just hilarious to me because the gospel is not partisan to anybody. Yes. The gospel is for everybody. And so God calls me to love everybody. So that's literally what I'm go- yeah. going to do. Yeah. I think that's, and like this topic in general just kind of gets under my skin is like, and being a youth pastor and seeing students post certain things like if you don't believe in this unfollow me or if you don't pick this <laughs> side unfollow me don't be my friend block me first and foremost i'm like if jesus walked this earth and jesus had a social media do you think hey if you blankety blank unfollow me it's like no like there is no division you know okay what, what are you gonna say i want to hear this because what i hate i agree with you completely that bothers me too because I think about, let's look at someone like Paul who had a complete life Mm -hmm. transformation. Come on. Mm -hmm. Right? What if somebody that was following you didn't agree with you, but God did something in their heart, and now they're like, wow, I see things differently. They're not going to you. Yeah. Right? Like, they feel like they can't go to you, and it's like, you're completely getting rid of the the, um, spirit, spirit aspect of God changing hearts into, I'm not saying into what you believe, but I'm just saying to like you know, those things. And it's like, you don't ever want to cut yourself off of people. Yeah. Cause you don't know what God's doing in anybody's heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And that's the part that just gets under my skin where it's like, again, and seeing it on social media from either just, I'll say Instagram for like the younger generation to even Facebook to our older generation, like my parents, it's just like, we have so many people out there that want to be Facebook warriors and, and Instagram <laughs> warriors. And I love that word. Keyboard and warriors. Keyboard yeah. warriors. Yeah. And it's like, I, I wish, and it, it's hard, and it kind of goes against the whole the capital C versus the lowercase C, if you want to call it that. It's like if we spent that much time that we do picking on this one side, that we're all about this side. If we spent that much time, or just a fraction of that time, as a true, genuine follower of Jesus, and reaching out to those that don't know who Jesus is, like how much of the world could we change? You know what I mean? And it it that's the part that gets under my skin when it comes to choosing sides. And so I love it because. People will ask me, like, what side do you want on this? I don't have a side. If I'm with somebody, like, if I see an older person in the store and they are, like, terrified because they don't want to catch COVID because it's going to eat at their immune system, it's like, you guarantee I'm going to wear a mask. You know what I mean? But if I'm with, like, just a a few friends or something like that, I'm not going to wear a mask. We're just hanging out. But it's like those, those moments where... We get so caught up with, no, I'm not going to wear a mask at all, or I'm going to wear a mask, or no, this is who I'm voting for, and this is who I'm not voting for. It's just like, just why do we have so much emphasis on this and not so much emphasis on the great commission that we're all called to do? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just my personal opinion on that, and that's why I'm like so fired up about that, <laughs> just because it's like, we're all called to do that. We're all called to go and create disciples. And yeah. when I see someone that's not doing that, and they're spending more time in this area, it's like... We're missing the mark. Yeah. When you see a Christian not yes, doing that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking about anybody who's not a Christian, anybody right. who's not a Christ follower. It's like, dude, I get it. You yeah. want to be divided because that's your identity. Like Jerry said, it's so perfect. But what's cr- it's 
it's interesting to me to see that like identity slip um, leaking into the Christian community. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where I start to get like very confused because we're so all about loving everybody and give everybody forgiveness and mercy. And then everybody's so polarized. So it's like, oh, I'm going to be a little polarizing now. You know, I'm going to be a little bit divided in my head. I'm just like, what in the world is going on? We're conforming to culture instead of the Bible. I think it's a lot easier to be divided. Like, honestly, I, it's so much easier to be like, no, you're wrong, Jake. I disagree with you hundred percent. Then I go, oh, well, let me see if I can kind of see things through your eyes or kind of it's, it takes more effort to sit down, talk to somebody and try to come to terms maybe with why they think or feel something than picking a side, like picking a side mm-hmm. so much easier. It's like, mm, this makes sense to me. This is stupid. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Orange man, bad. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's a lot easier just to, <laughs> and that's just a, a funny example, but <laughs> it's just so much easier to do that. Uh-huh. rather than sit down and trying to figure out what it's like in someone else's point of view. Like one of my really, my very best friends, completely polar opposite political opinion. Mm-hmm. Yet we still talk about these things and we've gotten to the point where we can be amicable with each other. At first it was not like that. <laughs> um, and I'm partially blamed because I, I feel pretty strong about my convictions and what I think is right. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's so, so, so easy just to be mad and be upset. And every time you see it, Instagram post or whatever. If I see a story for somebody that disagrees with me and I'm like, and I let that make me mad. And then I'm over here on the phone with my girlfriend on a 30 minute rant about (laughs) why the other side sucks. Mm -hmm. You know what it, yes. You know what it looks like? (laughs) It's funny, dude. It is funny. You know, when we're younger, I would say on maybe Facebook, I don't even remember what platform or maybe MySpace. I don't remember how MySpace or Instagram work. But remember you see people posting stories or a bulletin or something Mm -hmm. like adding somebody and like telling them, oh, and they did this and they did that. And remember this happened and you cheated on this and you stabbed me in the back. Just like calling someone out. Yeah. Yeah. Calling somebody out like over Twitter on, or on like a story on Instagram. Subtweets. Subtweets. Yeah. Yeah, Calling people out on that stuff or on stories on Instagram. At me, bro. And then you're just kind of standing on the sidelines with a little bit of popcorn, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just be honest. But at the same time, you're thinking, especially as we got older, it was like, dude, this is... This is pathetic. <laughs> like, you I'm still gonna up. grab my popcorn, yeah. but because <laughs> we thrive off that drama, like it's great. That's why, dude. Of course we do. It's mm-hmm. drama in your own life sucks, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, in your life no, you don't want to, but especially because we're all the same age, we'll get this. Like, you best believe when we sat down to watch Jersey Shore, people oh. screaming, you're like, <laughs> all you friends with her, <laughs> the teacher told you, you, like we love, we thrived off that stuff because it's it's great, it's entertaining. Yeah. So, yeah, even in our own lives, it's like, oh, you know, you don't want the drama, but watching uh-huh. it happen to everyone else, mm-hmm. that's why, you know, everyone's going to turn into the, the debate tonight, just uh-huh. like popcorn. Uh-huh. i got to record it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen right now. <laughs> but Yikes. where do you guys think grace has gone? Honestly, I don't know. I just thought of that right now is where do you guys think grace has gone? We're the capital C church, right? Because I, I don't see it. F- wholeheartedly granted it depends on who you follow right your worldview is right how you who you follow and whatnot and i'm not saying it's completely gone or anything because hope of the world is like jesus christ it's always moving always flowing it's always on its way you know but where do you think that has gone like in the church you're saying yeah within the church even within um 
your life, your family, your a- anything, you know, it's, it seems like we're so quick to point fingers and it's has to be like an active, active everyday type of the renewing of your mind. Like, okay, don't think this about this person. Like you're mm-hmm. good. Like you're good. But where do you guys think um, that is kind of gone, you know, because in my opinion, if we're living that active, loving, gracious, truth filled life, I think a lot of people would come to see who Jesus is, you know, and people have hardened their hearts to who he is just in general, too. But um, from my bubble, I just see a lot of focus on the this is right and this is wrong and this we need to do this. It's like. Let's just hang out with people and build relationships, you know, and see where it goes from there. So where do you guys think, where do you guys think grace is gone, man? Hmm. It's like, I think grace, and like how you said, grace is still there. But I think we've outweighed grace with our own opinions, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So we could care less if we gave grace to somebody as long as they're on our side. Like if they... We, let me put it like this: We could care less if somebody if we, we like give grace, because mm-hmm. all we want in our minds is we want them on our side, thinking the way we think. The pat on the back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think w- that's a lot of where grace is not. I don't want to say it's not in the church because it is in the church. Yeah, I I think it's where we've kind of replaced that that G word grace and replaced it with other things that are more important. And again, it comes mm-hmm. with like where are our um, like the ranks of what we like focus on the most in church. And I think a lot of times grace is that one that kind of falls down to the wayside mm-hmm. when Jesus walked this earth and that dude dropped grace like left and right. Like that was the biggest, thing, one of the biggest things that he walked around this earth, like giving grace to Christians mm-hmm. and grace to non-christians mm-hmm. and that to me is a huge part when it comes to a walk as a christian it's like don't leave grace to the side don't let your party don't let your side outweigh the grace that you should be giving mm-hmm. and i think again this can come back to how sometimes we don't have a lot of young adults or younger people in churches is because of that we agree throw that out the window like oh my gosh you have a face tattoo you can't come in here even though it's like What's wrong with that? Like, let, like, you know what I mean? Or like, mm-hmm. oh, you went and got just absolutely plastered on Saturday night and you want to come into my church? No. It's like, no, there's like, that's not what Jesus would have done. You know what I mean? Jesus would have been there picking mm-hmm. them up in an Uber and like taking them home mm-hmm. and then brought them to church on Sunday. <laughs> it's like, that's, I think we've lost a lot of that. And I can be guilty. I think we can all be guilty of that where we get our own opinions in front of that word grace. Mm-hmm. It's because grace is in the modern day church is selective. Mm-hmm. It's because we choose what we give free passes to. Yeah. So I'll give a free pass to Chuck if he says, you know, the F word or something like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. God forbid he he has one too many beers and is a little bit too much. Or God forbid so-and-so, you know, they, they do the unspeakable, especially as a young adult in the Christian church. They have premarital sex. <laughs> one way mm-hmm. ticket to hell. <laughs> that's but, that's written in the Bible, actually. Oh yeah, first opinions. <laughs> but uh, and I'm not endorsing any of those things. I'm not saying you should go out and yeah. you know do it willy nilly. But what I am saying is that grace is we kind of do a little bit too selective on. It. It's like we should be giving that grace. We should look how the Bible approaches grace. But you, to be able to be like, oh, you know, I'll forgive that. I'll, I'll not forgive that. Or how you're saying, like, I'm not going to let that person in my church. But it's 
it's just hard because I think it's comes to the spot where we're either, especially as young adults in the church, we either want to be too, not too forgiving, but we want to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, yeah, bring them all in. But we still have to have that line, all right, what's right, what's wrong? That's the biggest You need thing. to be able to say, hey, give grace where it's at, but then also say, hey, I'm going to let you know that this is wrong. I can't accept, I can't accept that. I'm not going to accept continual sin if you're going to continue to get plastered every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. You know, just can't do that. Yeah. I think you're right. I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, like on top of what Jared just said when he, when he said like continual sin of like say it is getting plastered every Saturday night. I look at it more of like a leadership standpoint within the church. It's right. like in a leadership standpoint, if you're getting plastered every Saturday night, maybe you should take just a, a break from leadership, still come to the church. That doesn't mean you can't come to church mm-hmm. and you can't be, have a relationship with Jesus, but it's like working on that in that process. I just wanted to add that on. I think uh, there was a, a clip of Simon Sinek um, floating around And he was talking about business and leadership in there. And he says there's like two different things, but um, empathy has to be embodied within your any business. He said, if you want it to be successful. And he said, there's two different ways to go about it. It's say you have to reach a certain number and say for three months in a row, it's been down. And so there's the first way, which is like, hey, if you don't get it up, we're going to have to talk and you might be out of here, you know. And then two, there's a second way to say, to approach without the whole if-then thing. And we approach them with, hey, I've noticed that your numbers are down. Are you okay? Mm. Like, is something going on with you? And what can we do to build back, to get back to where you need to get to? And I think that kind of embodies um, ultimately what the Capital C Church should be. Because look, something that popped into my head right now is we say everything is even at the foot of the cross. All sins are even at the foot of the cross. But our reaction to each sin mm-hmm. does not mimic that statement. Right. Our, our reaction to, to whatever sin it may be does not embody the idea of all sins even at the cross, you know? Let me ask you this. Go ahead. If Hitler on his deathbed gives his life to Jesus. He's in heaven. 100% he is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because, and I think this is something that people, I, of course, is the most extreme example I could think of. <laughs> but like, it's, people need to understand that God's forgiveness, because he is just, because he is over everyone and he's just, mm-hmm. he doesn't pick and choose which ones are forgiven and when they can be or when they can't be. Where we pick and choose, like you were saying, well, this, if he does it at this time, but if, you know, three months pass, it's fine. But if it's like, no, no, no. God says, as soon as you come to me, your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. You put your faith in me, you're forgiven. Now we have to apply that as the Christian. I think most of us, I would consider us um, leaders, you know, in our relative circles, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's where it really falls on us. And I think my heart really falls onto more of the Christians than it does. I know you have more of an evangelical heart that like you want to see new people come to Jesus. Of course I do too. But I've always had a passion for like, the church itself and for mm-hmm. people that are already in the church. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we need to come to a place of understanding that if per- someone puts their faith in Jesus, they're saved. Now we work on them because it's better for their life and it's helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. Salvation's done. You mm-hmm. know, you're, it's a one-time deal. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to do though. Cause we're, our finite brains are so used to, this is worse than this. This mm-hmm. is worse than that. That's, eh, that's kind of fine. Mm-hmm. We'll let that one go. I'm not going to talk yeah. about that one, you know? Mm-hmm. It's weird, but I think my whole entire point was back to your point 
was the idea that it's that line of truth and grace that mm. I think people have a really hard time finding. I do. I have a very hard time finding that. Yeah. Um, and I think that you see that very prevalently, of course, in politics and in the stuff. It's like this side's 100% truth. This side believes mm-hmm. they're 100% truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like no grace. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you exactly. Know? And that's not tight. And we're seeing the ramifications of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do even just in the sense of like how grace giving you are or non grace giving you are with what you brought up earlier, just like what you grew up in. Yeah. Because there's certain sins that in my household, you know what I mean? There's certain things where it's like, this is the worst thing ever. If you do this, you're going to hell. T-. Like they didn't, yeah. say my, my pops didn't say that explicitly, but it's, <laughs> it's that kind of, you get that vibe. There was an it. emphasis yeah. on this. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's where, that's why I find it funny. It's like, I grew up in the inside world of church. And so you see, and then when you get older and you become friends with different pastors and different people, it's like, oh, there's all these differing, like what in the world is going on here? Like your whole earth is shattered for a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a crisis at age 21, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Because I was just so stuck in like one world and I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but that's why I think people um, can't agree on a lot of things because where they came from, it's like yeah. certain sins are mm-hmm. like the worst thing ever, you know? And and it terrifies them. And I was actually reading this thing about pornography. I'm sorry. I know you got something to say, Chuck, but um, this guy was saying that the idea of him watching pornography and feeling that shame almost made him watch pornography because... Um, when he realized that God's grace isn't like an if then type of thing, that that that's all he needed, that the anxiety and the stress of like messing up wouldn't make him mess up. I know it's like Hmm. probably weird to grasp, weird to comprehend, but the idea of like falling and failing is what made him fail because he was afraid of it. And when you're afraid and fearful of something, you feel like you couldn't beat it. Mm -hmm. It's like he couldn't get past it. Mm. But when he started to understand and take in God's grace for what it really is and know that he's forgiven no matter what, it started dissipating and that that addiction started dissipating from him. And it was like, I never thought about just things in general that way, but I realized that's how I've been for my whole life is my fear of messing up, my fear of failing or something has caused me to fail, has caused me to mess up because I'm so afraid of it but I can't stop focusing on it. Mm. And so my life just eventually winds up there, you know? Mm. But when I realize it's like I'm in right standing, I'm doing fine with God. God thinks I'm, I'm just as amazing as when he created me. It relieved so much pressure and I almost didn't feel the need to like make these poor decisions, you know? Yeah. It's the idea of working from grace, not for grace. Yeah, yes. there we go. Yeah, You said everything I said in five <laughs> seconds, yeah, in yeah. two seconds. No, I, yeah, I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so let's talk about how do we bring God into culture then? How does that happen? That's a because big question. We, t- we talked about... Uh, I was afraid to get here. <laughs> I'm excited to get here. How do we bring God into culture? Because what we see right now and we do it every day too in our own lives like let's just be honest but we give our culture to who god and expects him to expect him to conform to like these little culture shifts that we have you know Mm -hmm. so how do we bring god into culture i i don't this isn't going to answer that question (laughs) (laughs) nice to a good start where it's going 
But I I think there was something when you sent these notes. I was like, that was it was like a, a really good a question. Like, how do we bring God into this culture? And I started thinking to myself, where did culture come from? And I started looking at it more and more and more. And then I thought to myself, like, in the beginning, there was nothing. The earth was formless, formless and void. And Genesis 1, 1, the beginning of the Bible, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. So in a sense, God created everything. God created culture. And I think mm-hmm. over time, I mean, when you really think of it, like in the beginning, the culture was love God. That's what Adam and Eve's like goal. That was all they, that what they were created to do, to mul- multiply, if you know what I mean. And then... Have sex, <laughs> have and kids. Then, yeah, that's, that's, that's the youth pastor in me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then cultivate the ground mm-hmm. and love God. That was the culture. And then vastly, Adam and Eve created their own culture. And that was selfish. That was, I want to be like God. I'm going to eat from this tree. And I think from that point on, culture has been twisted and turned to the point where we've started to create our own culture. And I, I know this is kind of out of left left field, but and I started thinking of it more and more and more. I was like, in the beginning, God created the culture that we we're all supposed to live in, and that it was to love him, and that was to live life for him. But us as humans being sinners, we want to make culture all about ourselves. And I think the more and more we live our life focused on ourselves rather than God, the less we have God in our culture. I don't know. I like that. <laughs> I like where you're going with that because it just breaks it down in a simple way that it really was. Yes, he created the culture. He set he set the culture standard, yeah. right? And they immediately said, "No, I want to follow my own." Mm. I.e., yeah. I want to be God. Mm-hmm. It's not like we don't see that today. Very oh, clearly. No, and, and <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. I was thinking all these different out there thoughts, but you kind of just brought brought that in so vividly almost mm. you know it started back in the garden and we want to make culture what we want it and that makes perfect sense with everything you see today i was i know you have something to say because you set up but i was just going to say that it's important to remember like division in the church all the stuff we're talking about there's nothing new like mm-hmm. this has been going mm-hmm. on for thousands of years yeah. like it's mm-hmm. i think people get freaked out like it's chaos it's like no this has been mm-hmm. this is like so normal if you've uh-huh. ever read your bible <laughs> you know yeah. well that's why they said like oh you want to follow? Want to follow Peter? Do you want to follow? Like they, they mm-hmm. had different people they wanted to follow. Like, well, I think Peter teaches the right way. I like the way he says things, and it's like, you know, little small things. Like, oh, I think Stephen Furtick's great, or like I can't stand him. You know, everybody, <laughs> everybody has their thing of how they want to do things. But I would say the best way to integrate God into culture is. Don't make it a part of your day. Make it your whole day. Mm. I guess that's the best way I could describe it is I think there are, we all have our, our times with God, whether it's, I know me, my main time with God is like when I'm driving to work, I'll, I'll throw on the Bible app, I listen to a chapter or two, and then I'll listen to some worship songs or on the way home or before I go to bed. But I feel like to integrate God in the culture is you need to integrate him every part of your day, constantly be praying constantly instead of having just a small little section or a small section of your week where Wednesday's Bible study night, but that's the only time I'm talking about God because I, that's how I feel. I live my life. A lot of times mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Christians do because that's like the time where, and even there was a point in my life where I remember I, there's some a group of people I knew and I kind of hung out with every now and then. And it feel like every single sentence, every other thing they said was about like, 
was about God. And I felt like they're just trying too hard to be holy. It was kind of annoying. <laughs> like, I felt like I'm like, can we just talk about, like, the, the football game the other day? Like, I want to talk about normal yeah, things. Yeah, God's willing. Huh? <laughs> God's willing we can talk yeah. about it. Yeah, but it, it really, like, in my mind, it's so funny to see that that was annoying at one point. And now it's like a conversation about God is a lot more integrated into my everyday speech. Or I'm like, oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this because I'm constantly trying to think about how I can integrate God or talk about God or have him on the forefront of my mind rather than him being the last thought on my mind. Mm-hmm. And I think if he's the first thing and the last thing we're thinking about every day and you keep him on your mind, it's going to come a conversation with non-believers and mm-hmm. other believers. And yeah. in that turn, it's going to sharpen their their heart, mm-hmm. sharpen their beliefs, and then non-Christians will be like, oh, this guy's always bringing up Jesus and he's always mm-hmm. talking about the Bible and stuff like that. I wonder what that's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think to to add on to that is right now, um, just about all my friends that I could think of that aren't Christians, like they all have the same perception of Christians. Mm. It's like, oh, well, they hate gay people. Um when you get drunk, they're, they're whack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're lame. Um, they don't cuss. They don't watch anything cool. They don't even have fun on Friday nights. Like, like everything, you know, and there's just this misconception because there are a few rotten Christians, you know what I mean? Who yeah. give bad examples. And unfortunately we always focus on the negative as a human race. That's what's so much more important to us for whatever reason. But it's almost our job, and I don't see it as a way it's like, oh, I need to prove myself to you to be cool. But I think we need to step out into those boundaries into and begin with God first and, and you know, in every day in your life. So when those conversations do happen, you can be a good uh, witness, a good uh, person to share your faith. Um, but we need to step out into those places to show people who God really is, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like I said, it's not to prove like, oh, no, we're cool or we're, we're hip to the link. You know, it's that <laughs> we're not lame. That's even more lame if you're trying to do that. Yeah. But so we could show people what God's love truly is, you know? And I think that's exactly like you said, Jared, when you integrate him into your day, when you integrate God into your day, it flows out in your everyday life, you know? And that's bound to pop up in something. Yeah. So the one thing you said that I think it's been, it's been on my mind. It's been on my heart for like, for probably a year. How do we, as a Christian community, the church, capital C, how do we change um, the homophobic viewpoint of the church? Mm-hmm. Because I think that is huge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, growing up, I grew up in in the church in a Christian school. For me, when I like found out that people were gay that was a big thing to me i was like oh my gosh like that's real mm-hmm. and i never could really comprehend it and now i'm at the point where it makes me sad it makes me sad for people who are gay who do mm-hmm. identify that or especially in 2020 how you identify as far as whatever your pronoun may be or stuff like that it's hard to kind of find that spot where you're willing you want to show them love and you want to do what you can but then also you still have to make sure you're going by what the Bible says. You yeah. can't say everything's acceptable. Oh yeah, come on in. Like when I see people, um, I think I've seen churches where they've had people who are like gay and their pastors and stuff like that. It, it's kind of hard because I'm like, man, how do we not paint this picture that we're homophobic, that we hate gay people? Cause we don't, that's not the truth whatsoever. So 
It's a question I want to pose to you guys. Yeah. I mean, you got something, Jake? No, go ahead. No, I think the, the biggest thing with that, and uh, I want to say this, and this might be convicting for us as Christians that are watching this or listening to this wherever we're at. It's like when you hear that word like homophobic or gay, it's like there's sometimes where, and I'll be completely honest, there's sometimes when I hear that in a church setting, like sometimes I'll cringe, like, ugh, but that's my fault. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times in the church that we live in today and the time we live in today, when we hear those words, we might cringe or we might think to ourselves like, oh, that's not acceptable. And at the end of the day, it's like, no, no, no. Like we need to rethink our own thinking, like you said, because like we need to. Now, I'm not saying that we can make them pat or like someone that is gay or a homophobic or whatever that or whatever that may be like pastors. But what I am saying is like that doesn't mean we can't love them. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean we can't be there for them. And I think that's one part where we've done bad when it comes to the capital C church that we've pushed it to the side or we've pushed them to the side and we haven't come alongside them and just done life with them or loved them or sat down and had dinner with them like Jesus would. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And so now the church has this bad reputation of they hate gay people. And I think that's one big just miscom or like one big issue that we've done as the church that has created this divide and it it's a horrible thing i think the church doesn't know i think it's better now but especially oh. like talking like 80s 70s i don't think it, church knew how to handle it that's why yeah. they, there's so many people who are gay or have been gay or wherever they're at in their life and they've gone through something where they've gone to the, the, you know, the church camp and had everybody lay hands on them mm-hmm. and create kind of traumatic experiences for yes. them, which is sad because it, you know, psychologically it creates a lot of trauma. There's a lot of things because they feel like fundamentally who they are as a person is wrong. And it's, it's sad to see because it turns so many people off to church. Mm-hmm. It turns so many people off to Jesus and it shouldn't be like that. I think it's better now that we're able to kind of talk to people of different walks of life as far as sexuality and um, things like that, but it is tough, and it's just it, it, go, it does go along with culture. Like I remember the first time I came to New Beginnings, I saw Dylan and Jake playing music, and they had tattoos, on, and I didn't have any at that point. I was like, "Whoa, this is different." I didn't I didn't grow up in a church like that. I grew up in a church where you wear a shirt and tie on Sunday, so yeah, it's just real different. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the church is getting better, but it's still not where it should be when it comes to the, the topic of uh, people who are gay or in that sort of respect. Well, I think it, I say, I've been saying this for this whole time is we say, oh, I don't agree with their lifestyle, but I love them, you know, and we love them Mm. still. And then you find, and you see in your own life, it's like, oh, but you don't have any gay friends, like at all. Like, so what do you mean you love them? Like you have no gay friends in your life. And I think what you said is important is having uh, people in your life who are in just different aspects of life and sitting down with them, hanging out with them, being their friend, you know, because we always stand and we say the right things, right? Mm -hmm. But when we actively live out that faith, that's different. Oh my gosh. It's, it's immensely different, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's the reason why you'll have, um, a community of people or maybe people who think this way about the church come to be like, Oh, you know what? Not all Christians are whack, dude. <laughs> or not all, uh, Christ following people, uh, hate gay people, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where it comes from. And to answer, I guess your question in a little bit more, uh, biblical form, Jerry, I think 
the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl, it's in Matthew 13 and it's 44 and 45. And it says, uh, I'll read 45. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. And you can look at it one way where it's like, we're the pool, we're the pearl. God gave up everything for us, right? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side too, we could look at it as God is the pearl. He is the thing that is worth to give up everything in our life. That includes any sins, any convictions, any um, followings of whatever it may be. He is worth it to solve, to get rid of everything, to sell everything, even though it's uncomfortable. I'm going to choose to sell everything to go after this pearl that is Christ because he's worth more than anything I could have within this earth. Mm-hmm. And in regards to homosexuality, it's, um, it's a, it's a tough, hard subject, right? It's, it is a tough one. And I don't even like speaking on it a lot because I feel like I don't have a, a big voice in that. You know, it's not, it almost feel like it's not my place to say. And somebody who's a Christian could be like, well, the Bible says this. And it's like, still though, it's like, I'm not actively involved with their community or doing anything like that. So I feel like I don't have a huge opinion because coming from the outside in, if I'm just that person spouting off um, only hundred percent truth, right? It's like, what is that doing? Mm-hmm. But I think from somebody listening to it who maybe is gay, it's, I believe truly we look at it where it's like, hey, Christ is worth giving up everything. And by everything, I mean everything yeah. to follow him because he lasts into your eternity. That's like living for a purpose that extends into eternity. Mm-hmm. It's not just living for what's here because if I lived for what's here only, I'd be sleeping around. I'd probably be getting drunk all the time. I'd um, be doing drugs, I'm sure, you know. I know myself, but it's like I've chosen. It's like I'm going to leave behind what Dylan wants here on this earth because it's so much more worth it to follow Christ. I think, you know? too, it's uh, distinguishing the difference between disagreement and hate. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. if I did, and this might be the problem that's been in politics, it's like uh, just because I disagree with you does not mean I hate you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think kind of what you were saying about the Bible, it's like, I'm going to stand by the Bible through and through a hundred percent. That's just what it is. Mm. Doesn't mean I hate you. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean I won't get coffee with you. Doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to ask me my thoughts and my opinions about it, yeah, that's what, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get yeah. the Bible. Um, yeah. And that again, doesn't mean anything that has to do with love or hate. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's just is what it is. And, no, I just think it's important to distinguish the difference between disagreement and hate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's all. Yeah. I think, Dylan, you said it like spot on, not to overstate what you just said, oh, yeah. JT, because you said it good, but just like Christ is worth giving up everything. Mm-hmm. And, like when you said that so clearly, I was just like, wow. Like it, it is true. Because again, as the church, we look at being gay as the sin, but it's like, no, we all, there's sin across the board is sin. Mm-hmm. And thinking of those things like, the the sins I have in my life, it's like, no, give, like it's worth, like you might have that temporary joy in that moment, but it's like, it's nothing compared to the, the love that Jesus has for you. Mm-hmm. And giving that up would is 10 times better than not having Christ in your life. And yeah, it, yeah you just, I, I feel like crying. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, man. And you, the the misconception comes from those people who it's like, 
they speak up for the church, right? But still are not walking alongside people yeah. in their everyday lives. But they mm-hmm. are so strongly about this issue, so they need to get it out. Yeah. You know, there's something that I read. And this will probably rub maybe you the wrong way, but <laughs> I can't pause wait. real quick. I First pointed thing, at Jake when I said he was that. like. Well, Jared's like me. Jake's not like me. And then start talking. And then start talking regard. about like how he has grace. In, in, this, in this regard, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. In this I don't regard, I'm not it's because Jake's a little bit more polarizing. Go no, ahead. he's not. Jake's awesome. Go. Um, <laughs> we love him, right, Jared? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Go ahead. Uh, no, but I think even in this realm of, because you you could throw in any hot topic, right? Abortion, homosexuality, mm-hmm. like you could throw in anything, and I heard this and it really like struck me differently, but he said that, uh, theology never saved anybody. I've heard that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, so arguing what your theology, right? This is what this says. Like, I'm going to slam you with this. That never saves anybody. Unless it's about abortion, right? It would save babies. But in the, in what regard, when you, when you hear that from somebody as a Christian, it's like, do you take that into account like oh man what this guy's saying is this is really good like you know what like i'm gonna do this or do you listen to the one who walks alongside you and it's like oh i heard you're thinking about this like tell me why talk to me yeah but i think that's uh, that needs to be like the blanket that covers this whole thing that is saying these things need to be done in relationship Mm -hmm. these conversations need to be in relationship a stranger coming up to me with a sign that tells me i'm gonna burn in hell does nothing for me Mm -hmm. right uh, a coffee with a friend that I trust, mm-hmm. that I have a good relationship with, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm in the process of building. Like yeah. that is where it must come from. That's mm-hmm. that's the difference. And I think that right now it's kind of we're talking about strangers talking to strangers, mm-hmm. and like that's just it's never gonna that will never yeah. carry any weight. Oh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So it's like when it's like I'll feel so strongly about an issue, and I need to tell all these people who don't even know me. You know, it's like what it's is gonna do nothing. What is the point of that? You know what? Like, what is going on? I don't, I personally don't see a point in that. Like I said, there's a lot of people who just want to dump it on the head. And that's totally cool too. Like, I'll hear that person out too. Like I said, try to hear everybody. But in my opinion, that's, it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're right. That that one's a spicy one to talk about though. Abortions. I feel like it's always going to be spicy because I don't know, no matter which way you spin it. I, I will listen and I've talked and I've known people have gotten abortions and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to sit there and try to tell them what to do. What's mm-hmm. I, I know what's right. Mm-hmm. Not killing a baby like I'm and I'm not going to say it that way because people are going to get offended. I just feel like it's it's so crazy to me. It's such a crazy concept that if you know, I've had a personal experience, but if I am to say, hey, abortion is wrong and people lose their mind. And it's it's crazy to me. I don't understand that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's under it's crazy to think about that the sanctity of life mm-hmm. is it's a novel concept to some people. They mm-hmm. just don't. I don't know. I I, I, I get really lost. That's one thing where I could probably sit and if people really wanted to go in on that, I would go toe to toe, and I won't give. And I'd probably get pretty hot about it. Uh-huh. I agree. But uh-huh. yeah, and like on the flip side of that thing, like what you said, the fact that that was so freaking just made somebody angry or whatever you know it's there's an issue on their end too obviously you know there's there's a suppression of maybe some truth or maybe some shame or something so it's like when you bring it up just like 
ready to throw bare knuckles, you know? So on, on both ends, like there's just, yeah. people have to be better. Just yes. in general. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to go back to abortion, but I feel like we're moving on. No, continue. We're we're going to wrap up after oh. that right here. So Well, no, I just agree with that. And I think if we, and, and I, this is kind of the point I wanted to make when you'd asked about how do we bring God into culture? Because if you look in the Bible and obviously the, cliche one is like Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Mm -hmm. And it was their unrighteousness that God judged, right? People go, oh, mm -hmm. it's homosexuality. That yeah, Okay, maybe it was part of it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Of course it was part of it, but it was unrighteousness that mm -hmm. he judged. And what they were doing was they were sacrificing their children yeah. to Baal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And God, there's all over the Bible, Lamentations, Deuteronomy, it's everywhere where he yep. says, do not sacrifice your children. And I think I, this was going to be back to the point of... Uh, culture is this is where i do believe in my opinion and i will again have a conversation in relationship with somebody about this that it is important for the christian to vote and to vote the things of god and vote biblically mm -hmm. um i heard it said two things i heard said that were great in regards to abortion the first one was before you make a, a case for it go online and watch one be performed mm -hmm. And then make your argument. Mm -hmm. um, Horrific. And maybe because I'm a new father that it's like mm -hmm. been even yeah, more to strength. me. It rings true in your life. Well, because my know? child wasn't even completely full term when he was born. Mm -hmm. Right. And that would be legal in some states. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that, yeah. That one's atrocious. Can't believe that one. So I would say go watch one. Yeah. And I would encourage you to do that. It's absolutely horrendous. But the second thing is, uh, again, going back to uh, voting biblically, what was I going to say about I forgot what I was going to say about that. But again, voting biblically, the things of God. Oh, he said this. It was your vote, and as much as you don't like this, as a Christian doesn't think they should be in politics, is your vote carries influence, whether it's large or small, depending on your opinion on the electoral college. But whether it's large or small, your vote carries influence. And might there come a day where you have to tell God what you did with your influence? Did you say yes to this and no to this and i'm not talking parties i'm not talking parties i'm talking issues and what did you do with that influence and did you do nothing of that because i think again it's important to understand god's heart on a lot of issues mm -hmm. and i think it's been very clear that i'm pretty black and white and i need to work on grace that i have a lot of the uh, true side of things but it's important I'm because on the other end i need to work on more truth so yeah and it's okay and i think it's just again going back to god's you look at his judgment it was the unrighteousness and so if we want to bring got into culture, I feel like uh, voting is a big part of doing that. Mm. Voting the things of God, the things that are pro-Israel, right? The, the um, Israel as its own state. Uh, I think abortion, are those things we know are the heart of God. We know mm. though, like that's not a question. Yeah, people are gonna spin it though. If you, cause obviously, yeah, I could say we all agree on that. But if you're talking about maybe somebody who's on the left, they're gonna propose more lenient policies when it comes to social issues. So obviously they're going to be like, well, yeah, you could say that as a Christian, but you're voting for somebody or voting for issues where they're putting little Mexican kids in cages. Do you want me to answer that? Yeah, I would know. <laughs> that's why I opposed it to you. Well, if it's coming from the left, I would say Obama built the cages. But I mean, whether or not that's the time to talk about it or not, all I'm saying is that it's important that we are voting biblically and not party. 
Some I, I could I could come up with this thing. I can give you a whole Donald Trump thing, and I could say Joe Biden said this and blah blah blah. And you guys would be like, oh, so good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh wait, I meant to say Trump said this, and they'd be like, no, it's the worst thing I ever heard. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not good. I'm saying to separate yourself from your party, from your thing, and go biblical. That's how one way mm-hmm. to shape culture is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I I look at things where it's like my Christianity, my walk with Christ isn't. I I see it almost as unaligned with political view at all because I don't necessarily agree with um, Christ needs to be the forefront from a political view because that was never even talked about like in the Bible anywhere. And that quote that you said about um, your voice matters, yeah, vote, like do all that thing, like cool. But if things don't turn out how you want it to be, why are... Like, I don't get why would we would be surprised, you know? And then I also, like, take that, I guess, that same idea where it's, like, we're, we need to fight against abortion, do all this, where it's, like, China's just trying to, like, meet together in person for church, you know? They're mm-hmm. persecuted where you take that quote and you take it over there, they're, like, what are you even talking about, bro? Like, yeah. the government reigns supreme over here. Like, I just want to worship God, mm-hmm. you know? If you say we need to have the right to vote, if you told that to somebody in China hmm. to work on issues, they'd be like, that would be cool, I guess, but I'm, I'm going to praise God either way. Yeah, you know? but I feel like in America we have a right and, and for people to not exercise that right in a biblical fashion mm-hmm. uh, would be dishonoring in my opinion. Yeah, that's where I think it just separates and we'll probably disagree on sure. that. And because in my head, I think as America, because this is something that I don't like too, I think for a long time, the Christian values obviously lined up with maybe American values, right? But they're not now. And people feel like this is totally wrong. But in my head, from just looking at what the Bible says, like, why, why is this so surprising? That's not to say that you shouldn't fight for what you want, you know, like vote for what you want. Totally. For the Bible. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever that may be, right. People are going to interpret it different ways. Cause like Jerry said, there's people who see it and it's like, well, what about the people who are alive right now? Mm -hmm. Why aren't we doing more for them? You know, there's, Mm -hmm. it comes from both, it comes from both sides. And so I think that's why it's important that your American right is not a God given right. Mm. Right. At all. Right. But like you said, you can vote biblically how you feel correct. And that is an American thing. That's not like a Christ thing because God's not like, hey, dude, you all have rights to vote and all have rights to do this. Like he's not telling that to the world. That's a privilege we have here. And that's great. You know? Yes. My only pushback on that is not actually, no, no, I agree with you, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I think what I'm trying to say is there comes a time where you and I and all of us have to answer for the things that we do say, think, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Treat people, like mm-hmm. all of those things. Yeah. And it's going to be one of those things of like, okay, well, where are you lying? And it's going to be one of those things of like, uh, where's, it's a heart. It's your heart behind mm-hmm. it all. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that again, not of what we want, but it needs to go back to the Bible. So we talked mm-hmm. about how your dad's that way. If it's not biblical, then don't bring it to me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I come from on, on issues, right? Mm-hmm. That's not talking about grace and treating people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, the uh, the culture side of things. Um, but but I agree. I agree. It's not a mm-hmm. it's not a, a biblical right, but it is a right, and you should exercise it in a biblical fashion. Yeah, and just because like I think about it, and you look at when 
they're like, what about the taxes to Caesar? You know what I mean? The political yeah. thing. Jesus Caesar, was like, what, is what are you talking about, bro? I'm not even here for any of that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here to spread the radical grace mm-hmm. that he came with. You know what I mean? And I think people confuse that truth for what's here in America, I guess. But a good uh, thing to that real quick is, well, who is Caesar's? He's God's. He was ordained and everything's God's, right? Yeah. Like everything has to go back to God. It's mm-hmm. not just a political thing. It's everything needs to go back to God because mm-hmm. everything is God's. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And so he, he, they were looking to like, oh, we're gonna overthrow this dude finally. And God's or Jesus is like, what are you saying? <laughs> like, I'm gonna overthrow the whole world just because of grace and mercy and truth. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like that's the battle that I'm winning, the battle of the soul, right? Which is the most important thing, you know. And that's why just me personally, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Either way people vote, it's like, it doesn't bother me. And some Christians would be mad at me because of that, you oh, know? Yeah. You know, I oh, like, dear. I could say that and people are like, oh my gosh, like with, with the abortion thing, I agree. I don't like abortions. You know what I mean? But to get somebody to believe what I want to believe because my Bible says it, it's like, that's like, so that should just be the thing. Like, that's like the fire to use or the ammo to use. It's like, no, it has to come in a relationship and walking alongside people every time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my rant for the day. Yeah. That felt good. I'm, I feel like we can get more into it, but that'd be a part two. I think it's about yeah. that time. Yeah. We could go, go into that uh, next week. Oh yeah. It's time. But uh, I know Jake and Chuck both have to like dip <laughs> immediately right now. <laughs> but this has been the Still Loading Podcast. Uh, today we've had Chuck. Thanks for being here. Of course. Jared, thanks for being here. Pleasure. Jakey, thanks for being here. Of course. We love you guys. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Listen on Smash Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Do all that good stuff. Mm, I like and comment follow yeah. me on my instagram <laughs> <laughs> don't do that but we love at you guys church. oh yeah oh, <laughs> at ab.church follow that on instagram we love you guys and we'll see you later bye later.